Welcome to Lighthouse 805 Church. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for being here in person and, and watching from wherever you're at, in your car, on the lawn, in your house, in your wherever you're at. Oh, I'm not? Yeah. Just technical difficulties, <laughs> we're all set. Well, welcome to church and we are glad you are here. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, one thing is I love about our church is it's not just about, our church vision is not just about having an awesome social club that meets at the church, but in actuality, it's that homes are opening up and communities are developing. That's where discipleship and doing life together takes place. And so our, our hope and, and desire is that not only would you be watching the message, but you would actually watch the message with people and you discuss and do life together and wrestle with the word of God together. So with that, Patty, what are some announcements for us today? We had, well, yep. I'm on. Yeah, well, if you uh, joined us last Friday, ladies, we had such an awesome and fun time painting together and just relaxing together. And that's always just always necessary sometimes. <laughs> um, so thank you if, if you made it out for that. And if you didn't, we try to have one every month. So just make sure to try to make make it to the next one because it's we, it doesn't disappoint. And you do not have to be an artist or have any art experience background at all. We just always have a good time and it's just fun to... Um, you know, get her hands a little messy with some paint. So that's always good. Um, other than that, um, I don't think we have any other announcements. Well, do you want to pray for good. pray for our service and tithe? Very good, yes. Um, if you are here on campus, please know that uh, your tithe and offering, we have a box here by the double doors. You can just slip it right on in um, after service. And if you don't have time to do it here, you can also go home. And for those of you at home watching, you can go to our page at lighthouse805.com. And go to the giving page, fill out all the information, and you can give that way. So thank you for that. Thank you for um, your obedience to the Lord and what he places on your heart in terms of giving back to him. Because it's really all, it, it's all about furthering God's kingdom. And it's not that the Lord needs the cash, um, but he does need your obedience in your heart. Um, and so with that, let's just, would you all just join me in prayer as we get ready to dive into the word. Lord, we thank you for a beautiful Sunday morning. We thank you that despite um, the chaos that, that happens in everyday life, Lord, um, that you are able to still be that still small voice that brings peace and comfort. And so I pray that right now, Lord. Would our hearts be uh, so full of peace? Would they be quiet and just ready to receive your word? Um, would it not be, uh, would there be no distractions? Would, would the enemy not try to distract us with just those random thoughts that pop into our heads <laughs> at the most inconvenient times. Um, Lord, but would we be so focused on your word? Would we be so full by the life that it gives um, and encouraged today to be able to go out this week and just share your love with those around us to, to fill our hearts and to share it to the world, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, one last announcement is if you are available on Thursday nights, we have a Bible study happening every Thursday night with the exception of Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving. and Thanksgiving. Is that correct? Flag me down if, if I'm in. Okay. I got, I got a thumbs up from the back, so we're good. And a wave. So that's uh, every single fri 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, Thursday nights. So if you want to have a deeper dive into the message 
and it's the Berean Bible Study Method. So if you're available, direct message us, drop us a line, or email us at info at lighthouse805.com. Today, I want you to open up to Mark chapter 1, and we're continuing in our sermon series. It's all about Capernaum, right? This This is a city where Jesus came in, and it was completely changed. And we're looking at different events, roads, scriptures, verses, everything around Capernaum, and looking at that to change our city. This whole sermon series is called Change Your City. We really want to take on some lessons that Jesus showed us and worked with us and saw the disciples getting called and all of it. One thing that we talk about each week is the city Capernaum. The name was Village of Comfort. And the the whole concept is, are you willing to go beyond your comfort zone to see your city changed? And so with that, I want to look at Mark chapter 1, and I want to follow a series of events when Jesus goes beyond the church. This moment where Jesus leaves the church, and then I want to follow his path of what happened after he left the church. It was beyond the church of when the, the changes started happening. So Mark chapter 1 verse 29 says this, After Jesus left the synagogue, that's the church, with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. I, I, I really find this interesting because the miracle started after Jesus left the church. I mean, let that sink in for just a moment. The, the, the life-changing moments happened after church. I mean, how, I've, I think I'm guilty of this too, of thinking, oh, church is where everything's going to happen. Church is where the healing, church is this. And, but in, in reality, in this scripture, the cool stuff happened after they left the church. They fed their soul and then they left and then healing started happening. This is, it it really, the scripture really spoke to me in in a lot of different ways. And I just want to go along the events that happened here. And and I want to put us in the the shoes of Peter's mother-in-law for just a moment. Is she was touched by Jesus and healed. And then she took her, her gifting, her skill set, and put it into action right away. And I think with believers, we, most of us here today and watching online, we've had that personal experience with Jesus where he touched us. He healed us. We have salvation. We have healing of maybe it's physical, emotional, but 100% spiritual. And if you, if you haven't had that experience yet, I just want to take a pause moment. Would you direct message us or, or email us at info at lighthouse805.com? We'd love to partner with you and pray and, and help you experience who Jesus is as, as Lord and Savior. But the, the interesting thing in the story is 
we're the shoes of Peter's mother-in-law right now, right? Jesus heals us and, and touches our lives so drastically. He lifts us up into salvation. But then the second part, let's, let's just catch this. Take this away. The second part is Peter's mother-in-law doesn't just wake up and go, oh man, you know, thank you. I feel better. I no longer have whatever sickness I had. But instead, she wakes up and just immediately jumps into her, her God-given gift and skill. What, Patty, you, I know you studied um, Peter's mother-in-law and like that home right there. And tell us about. Well, it's interesting because when you see geographically where the synagogue is, um, and we learned that it was the, uh, the centurion, centurion Roman guard, mm-hmm. right, who, who helped build the synagogue, um, right next to it is where she lived. And so you figure, I know growing up as a kid, it was after church, we'd all go to my aunt's house. You know, it was just after church, you go to Thea's house and everybody gathers together and we all just eat and hang out and have fun. Um, So this was like, this was the house. This was the go-to, the after-party house. (laughs) So after people would leave the synagogue, they would go to this house and she was there ready to serve people. You know, show hospitality, you know, food, I'm sure, food, drink, and, and people would gather there. And the interesting thing is, when the archaeologists were studying her home and where it was built, they found that the initial house, they saw it was like a ring of the stones, right, of the walls. And then they were able, you know, with all the dating and all that of, of, of science-y stuff, <laughs> um, they discovered also that the house grew over time. That stone was like the initial start of her home, but then there was rings of walls of where they had to expand the house. And so just the fact that they had to expand it, not because they were rich and they wanted a a bigger home, it was because they needed to fit more people. The people that were coming over after church, the people that they were ministering to, people that they would invite like, hey, you know, join me, come with me to, to Simon's house. And she was there serving people. So just a testament of what happens beyond church. It wasn't the church walls that grew. It was her home that grew. Um, and so don't so ever good. underestimate the power of serving somebody a meal. And if you're not, you know, the kind of person who, who cooks, it doesn't matter. Get some snacks. You have those open. And it's just opening up your home. And, and I know right now it's kind of like a funky time to say that. Um, but it's not just that. It's, it's opening up your heart's home to others to say, hey, I'm going to reach out to you. Like, what do you need? Like, I see you're going through something. What do you need? And just watch. Just watch and see how the Lord provides for that, prov- that um, the growth to happen. And it'll, it's just so good. Yeah. I, I would say that in, in preaching uh, over the last, you know, few months and few years, I, I've, I've heard the, well, I don't, I don't really know what my purpose is. I don't know what my mm-hmm. skill is. I think I'm good at this, but how is this? How does this work? And I think a lot of people wrestle with what their kingdom contribution is. Like, what's my skill, purpose? Um, how am I serving the king of kings? Uh, how am I impacting the kingdom of God? And the reason why I, I harp on knowing purpose and skills is because that's what's partnered with this in this verse. With Jesus, it, he, he brought healing salvation and immediately she launched into her giftings and skills. And, and I mean, just think about this. Verse 32 happened 
because of verse 31. Meaning, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law and she immediately went into her skills, which made Jesus stay for the rest of the day until people brought other sick people there. Right? The, the meal made room for others to be healed. So her skill set literally opened the door for others to experience Jesus. I mean, how, how many of us have a skill within us that maybe we're using, maybe we're not using, maybe we don't know that we can use it for the kingdom of God, but that's what opens the door for Jesus to change lives. And I, I think it's so valuable of what uh, Peter's mother-in-law did in this moment. Most of us have already been touched by Jesus. We just need to start walking in our skill, our gifting, our purpose, so that our city is changed. That's, that's, what, that's what opens the door. That's what ushers people to meet Jesus, right? That's what unlocks it. So I wanted to talk about uh, identifying your kingdom contribution, your skill, your purpose. But I, I wanted to, based on Peter's mother-in-law, I wanted to pull out some of the attributes that were connected to this meal and things that we can overlay and template as understanding our own skills. So one thing that, that the meal did was it, it unified. So a skill or purpose that we have needs to be something that can bring your family and your friends together, right? Something that's not divisive, but it's something that's gonna bring unity together. It's like, am, am I able to bring people together and they, they wanna come together? That's, that's one of the check marks that we should look. If it's something where it's bringing rifts and disunity, that's probably a, not a good skill. Number two, I love this. It's seasonal. Your gifting and skills are seasonal in this sense. The meal was for that exact precise moment. If she just kept cooking all day, all night, all the time, people have, to, they're going to get full and they have to wait till they're hungry again, right? It's, it's a seasonal moment. It's something that has to take time. It's, it's after meeting at the synagogue, people go and have a meal with family or loved ones. It's this seasonal thing where you do a skill that is for that moment, that precise moment. And then the beauty of seasons is that they come back around. And I think something that can get lost in translation of when we start doing our purpose and our skills within our, our lives is we think, I did it, someone met Jesus, I'm done but it's seasonal, summer is going to keep coming around, right? Winter is going to keep coming. Every year it comes back with your gifting and skill set and your kingdom contribution. It's something that you can pull out and do and then do again and then do again. And it's going to bring the unity and love to people. The third attribute that I was looking at is it strengthens. Just how food brought nourishment Whatever you do is going to strengthen and encourage and build up someone else. Your, your gifting should allow people to feel loved and encouraged when you do it. So is it, is it something that you do frequently and over and over and it's something that unifies, it also builds up just like this meal. And then uh, number four, the, another attribute is it's, it's your skill your kingdom contribution should look like you, right? There, there are skills that I wish I had that I don't, 
Like I'm, I'm not going to be the person that's going to be on the worship team because I'm just not going to sound that great. I love worshiping, but I shouldn't be mic'd. That's just, we're just going to throw it out there. Okay. Likewise, what is your, your kingdom contribution? So look like you, it's like what you are. It's who you are. It's, it's something that you love doing. And, um, pro athletes, if you talk to them, there's this, there's this, um, idea, this concept, it's called being in the flow. It's where you're so in love with something that all time just starts flying by. Like all of the distractions are completely gone. It's just, you get into the zone and you're so good at it. Like this is another attribute. like, she, can you just imagine Peter's mother-in-law gets healed and then it says that she sat up, he, he helped her up and she's like, I'm cooking. Like she just went, went to town. Like, like for you, is, it, is, is there a skill in your life that you can just get lost in time with and it's just something that you do out of love? Yeah. And, and I, I want to encourage you to start identifying that and using it for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Knowing when I do this, I need to be praying that whoever comes and experiences, it's not about me and my skill. It's about the Lord God Almighty who gave me this skill. Yes, and there's, there's a vulnerability to that because it means you have to put yourself out there. It yep. means you have to, there's, there's this thing that comes with like, well, I'm good at this, but I know I'm good at it and I don't want other people's judgment on my skill. Um, and that's, that's just the enemy trying to keep your skill hidden away, tucked away, and, and God didn't create us for that. He didn't create us to be selfish with our skills. It, it, yeah. They're meant to be shared. And so you've got to come to this point where you, you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to set my, my vulnerabilities aside of people are going to judge me. They're going to criticize me. I'm, I'm not going to be enough. It's not good enough. The God of the universe gave you that skill. It is enough. <laughs> so just know that. And, and in a world where in a society where we live in com- constant comparison, um, it's hard and it's a challenge and I've been there. I've been there comparing my life to so many others and it's a really unhealthy place to be. So when we talk about mental health too, this is part of it, comparison. You gotta tackle that one, get rid of that one and it's, it's work, but we gotta get it done. But the point is your skills and talents are meant to be shared. So don't be afraid. There's, um, mm-hmm. it's so funny, Joyce Meyer just um, released a new book called Do It Afraid and I love that phrase. I haven't read the book yet. Um, but just that phrase, just do it afraid. Just do it afraid. What's the worst that can happen? Someone can say, oh, you really stink at that. Okay, <laughs> but I'm trying. You know, I can only go up from here. Um, so yeah, so just do it afraid. Yeah, the, the last one, and, and I, I wanted to spend a considerable time of the message. I know the messages aren't that long, they're pretty short. And so what you put time on shows that you put weight on in a message. Skills are not just something small and minor that just don't matter. It's, it's so important because that's what unlocks the door for others to know Jesus. That's, this, is, this is what's beyond the church. This is, the, this is when you step out and Monday happens, this is what you do. This is how you put your faith in action. This is how you go forward. And the number five, the, the last piece of, of the attribute of skills is there is room for Jesus. 
if you're just doing a skill because you enjoy it and you like doing it with other people, but Jesus is not involved, that's not using it for the kingdom of God. That's just, that's a hobby that you enjoy. It's, it's got to be the moment of, wait a minute, I like this, others like this. Now, how does Jesus fit in the picture here? Where is Jesus' seat at the table of my skill? And that's, that's the thing that I think a lot of people have more of the fear on of, let me do this, but I got to remember to somehow piece Jesus into this. Jesus isn't the overflow room. He's the, he's the head of the table, right? First and foremost, everything we do, we need to be, have it centered around Jesus and it needs to be all about Jesus. So there has to be room for Jesus. All right, so we're about, we're about to do doing life together, uh, which is something that we do. This is where some of the discipleship happens. You get to wrestle with your faith. You get to talk about it with someone next to you. If you're sitting next to someone, and I would encourage you, if you're watching this by yourself, jump into the comments. Please take some time in the comments and be vulnerable, put it out so you can actually wrestle with your faith and, and dig your foundation. So doing life together, I wanna to encourage you, um, open up to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 through 11. The doing life together is gonna to be on, on this verse. God has given each of you, circle that part. That's each of you means all of you. It doesn't say God has given some of you a, a gift or a purpose or a skill. It's God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. And then I just read that translation. I want to read an excerpt from the message translation. Ready? Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus and he'll get all the credit. So what I, I want to encourage you right now is talk about what this verse is speaking to you. Are you using the gifts God gave you beyond the church? Talk about a gift you have and encourage the person to talk, the person you're talking with, um, encourage them. So whatever they share, whatever they're vulnerable about, talk with them and, and build them up, encourage them. This is a moment to wrestle with this verse. Think, start thinking through, well, what is my gifting? What, am I, what is my skill? If it's someone you know next to you, maybe tell them, I don't know what mine is. And have them, say, have them speak into your life saying, you know, I see this in you. Have, have you thought about using this for your kingdom contribution? So with that, let's do life together for a few minutes and we'll jump back into the message. Good morning, church. It's so glad to have you. I'm so glad to have you here this morning and to see some of you here in person. But of course, I've been chatting with a few of you online. Hi, Jack. So good to have you online. Hope to see you again soon, even if it's just half your face. Um, we're going to do life in the comments here. So how we do that is we review the scripture that pastor gave and we look at the, the questions that he prompted to us so that we can kind of examine our heart and communicate with each other, but also encourage each other. So I'm going to go back to that verse. I'm going to read the message version. Be generous with the different things God gave you. And again, we are in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. 
Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit. He asks us to talk about what this verse is speaking to us. And using the gifts that God has given us beyond the church, let's talk about the gifts we feel like God has given us. Um, I have a few responses already. I'll share a couple of my own personal ones. Um, I have what I understand to be the gift of hospitality, and not just with food. I do use that in my my work. I actually am a chef and a cook, so I, I bring food to people, and I do that as well but hospitality is so much more than just food it's about making room for people making space for people to be comfortable themselves right where we are in the moment and the best way we can do that is just exhibiting the love of Jesus and making space and also just serving at a place of humility and that's what I really understand hospitality to be Um, and I'm able to use that not just here at church with hospitality but also in my workplace since I am a cook I'm able to make room for that and also in the office an office space I make room for people and have really good conversations with people and I've heard back from people that I feel really comfortable when I'm with you and to me that's that's telling me that I'm doing okay with using the gift of hospitality with people um, I have another response here that says, everyone has their own gifts that are personal and specific. The Holy Spirit has given me the gift of encouragement, and I often use this gift at my workspace with friends and family and with neighbors. I can attest to that. That's Pat's response. Pat is always so encouraging to me as well, and he used the exercise of that gift not just here at church, but abroad, and that's such a blessing. Um, oh, there, I have another one too here. Um, the gift of teaching and coaching. I'm able to see and activate gifts, pull out what's inside when it's difficult for them to recognize their own gift and basically hold their hand while they do the work. That is so true. That's what actually what a, a coach really does. It's not necessarily just uh, yelling at you <laughs> or, or just encourage you, but it also helps to see things that you can't necessarily see. If you can't see what God has in you, the gift that's in you, thank God for coaches, people who can recognize the gift, which is really kind of paired with the prophetic. They can see the you that you're supposed to be, the, the you that God has ordained you to be, and help pull out some of those gifts that you can't necessarily get to. Because sometimes there are, are walls, there are blockages, things that we've experienced in our life that stop us from really seeing what God has for us or activating the gift that God has on our life. And we need someone who can walk alongside us in their journey, who can say, I see that in you. You may not have it there. Maybe you can't see it, but I'm going to help you pull back the wool from your eyes, pull back the walls, break down that stuff, that the junk that's in the way from seeing who God has really ordained you to be. That's a coach, and that's a good gift. And that can be used everywhere. It can be used even when you're out and about in the world. I see that you're good at this particular job. You may be here at an entry level, but I know that you're a really good manager. Let me help you get there. And that's activating a gift outside in the world. Well, I think that's the last one that I have. So I really hope that encourages you. Be encouraged to allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate the gift that God has put in you. And just let him pull it out. And I encourage you to walk in faith. And knowing that God's got you every step of the way. And we can't wait to see what God is doing in you. God bless you, family. Love you. Welcome back. I want to jump back into the scripture and continue on with the events because it didn't just start and stop with going beyond church and then Peter's mother-in-law was healed and then she cooked a great meal. Like that's not the end of the events. It continues on and I want to look at this. Mark chapter 1 verse 32. That evening after sunset, so they're all sitting around the meal 
It's after sunset now. Many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow him to speak. There's such a big key word there. That evening after sunset. That evening after sunset. Go ahead and underline sunset. So what's, what's, you know, what's the deal here? Is it just like too hot to carry sick people during the daytime? Is that what's, you know, is that what's going on? Is it like too warm? Is it, you know, what's the logistic? Is there sun going to be in their eyes when they're moving it? Like what's, what's really happening here is the key word is after sunset. So there's a difference of <clears throat> how days transition back then as they do now. So like today at midnight or in the morning, you say, okay, now today's Monday. And then the next day it's Tuesday. Back then, the moment that the sun went down was the next day. So the significance here is that they were at church on the Sabbath. They had the meal. And then the moment the sun went down, it was no longer the Sabbath. It was the next day. We would call it Monday. And then at that moment, they started bringing the sick to Jesus. So the first act of their Monday was, I need to go find Jesus and bring my friends to them. Sabbath is church. And I love this, this idea, this concept of they separated out what the Sabbath was from their Monday. And just be thinking about that as, as the whole subject today is beyond church. So if, if the idea is, if our church is this, if it's Jesus, if it's resting, if it's the Sabbath, my Monday is about my mission. So let's look at what's supposed to be happening on the Sabbath. Number one, rest is the Sabbath. That was the law back then. It was all about resting. And Sabbath was resting. And I, and I feel like in our today, today's day and age, I, I've I think I had a whole sermon series on rest <laughs> before. But rest back then and rest now are completely different. So today is rest is I'm really tired because I just exerted myself and I'm just going to lounge around. Right? That's our rest. It's just it's almost like recuperating or recovering is rest today. But back then rest was about preparing for what's to come. And I, I want us to try to transition our thinking to wrap our brains around that for our Sabbath, our Sundays should really be about, I am resting, I am preparing, and I am taking in what I need to from this church service for my Monday. I, I need to start my Monday off strong. I need to start my Monday off just like these people bringing their friends to Jesus. And then also with this is churches for hearing Jesus. It's about learning what we should be acting on this coming week. That's what, that's what church is. It's not about recovering and, and thinking, oh man, this last week was so bad. I just need church just to get in and just feel a little bit better about myself. Okay, well, on to next Sunday from now. now church should be more about building me, myself up, hearing the word of God and having a foundation of faith. 
It's God, you are encouraging me. You are building me up. My foundation is growing stronger. And now I'm ready for this next week. I'm not trying to recover from last week. I'm preparing for next week. And, and I really want to get that across as, as these people had this mindset of, my Sabbath is now over. It's time to work. It's time to work in the kingdom of God. Our skills will make room for Jesus to heal and save the people we love through the week. But we really need to understand that the significance of church is preparing ourselves for our mission. God, build me up for longevity. Build me up for a a long relationship with you in this whole life. And, And I need Sunday mornings for that, to keep the race going. And as I'm, I'm running the race of faith, I'm going to try to bring as many people into this marathon with me. Right? That's, that's the goal. That's our mission. And then let's, let's continue down on the rest of the events that, that rolled out, if you will, on, on after church. Verse 35, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well. And I'll preach to them too. That is why I came. The last event that I really want to unpack and look at is the heart of Jesus in this moment. And we need to have this heart of Jesus. See, our, our city cannot be changed if, if we don't posture ourselves like Jesus. So in the last bit, I, I want to look at how Jesus acted and what he did. And I want to say, this is what we should be miming. This is what we should be mimicking. This is what we should be aspiring to each day. So the first thing he did was prioritize relationships. God first, people second. Prioritizing relationships, because ultimately we're supposed to be in relationship with Jesus. And of all of our relationships, is he number one? I was, I was thinking about this in my own life and I was reflecting as, as God was speaking this message to me and, and I'm writing it down. I was thinking about prioritizing relationships and I realized that at sometimes, I'm you know, we all get crankier in a bad attitude at moments. And there'll be moments where I'll just be in a bad attitude for whatever reason. And Patty will say, you know, just so nice and so kind. She'll go, kind of sounds like um, you need some alone time with Jesus right now. And I'm like, <laughs> I think you're right. I'm upset that you said that. I should, I should not get more upset right now. <laughs> I'm just going to walk away have some Jesus time. Like those are the moments that I realize like I'm not a good husband or even a good father to my kids unless I'm a good friend of Jesus first. I need to have my relationship with Jesus going before I even try to encounter relationships and, and be a husband or be a father, be a friend, be a pastor. Because ultimately, I need to prioritize my Jesus time more than anything else. And I think even just saying this out loud, 
think that's where a lot of Christians and pastors and leaders and they get into trouble. They start thinking everything else is so important that I need to get this done and I need to do this and I need to call this person. And, and all of a sudden the busyness of life pushes the relationship of Jesus slowly out of the picture more and more and more. When in reality, that should be the most important thing. It should be the first thing. So Jesus knew how to prioritize his relationships. And the second thing he did was he was praying before doing. Right before he took any action of what his mission was to go forward into any other town, he prayed about it. And, and I want to challenge you as, as you're thinking about and wrestling, you know, what's my kingdom contribution, skill, purpose, endeavor, whatever it is. The first thing you should be doing is praying before doing. Just pray before doing. Pray before stepping foot out. Jesus says, I need to go to other towns. I need to do this and this. But he had his quiet time to say, God, I'm, I'm before you right now. Speak to me. And if Jesus can do it as fully God and fully man, I think we can do it too. Right? It's not a pride thing. It's, it's in all humility saying, Jesus, you know, God, Lord, I, I'm offering up my quiet time and my prayer for you to speak to me. Give me insight. Give me direction. Give me faces of who I need to be talking to right now. How can I use my skills at a, a different level, just like Peter's mother-in-law? You know, that, those are the moments. We need to pray before we do. And then number three, the last one of Jesus' posture here is know your mission. If you know exactly what the kingdom of God is all about, it really settles a lot of anxiety and other troubles and worries, right? Because if you know what you're supposed to be doing, you have no problem doing it. But if you're just kind of going through life and just kind of feeling out stuff, it's just, it's easy to just kind of get lost and forget about it. But if you know your mission, you'll go after it. I love what, I love Jesus's response. Because he said, what was, where is it? Verse 38, but Jesus replied, we must go onto other towns as well. When I was reading this, the, the Holy Spirit really revealed to me that the whole sermon series is change your city. And we all have different cities that we're part of. I'm not talking about the name of the city, but I'm talking about our city. And with every city, I, if you know Ventura, it's, I think it's divided into seven sections, right? There's Midtown, there's East Side, there's other sides, whatever. <laughs> so I totally blanked on them. But each one is divided into little towns. And likewise, in, in our own lives, our city is divided into little towns, right? My town of my immediate family, my town of my coworkers, my town of, of my friends, my town of, of my nerds that I hang out with. You know, we all have little towns. And we need to understand how Jesus did. Each town is important. And I need to make sure I'm in each town spreading the love of Jesus. Right? Some towns are more difficult, as we know in Jesus' travels, to reach. Likewise, in our own life, some towns will be more difficult than others to reach with the love of Jesus. 
but it doesn't mean Jesus avoided him. He still went. So next steps, next steps. The whole message was going beyond church this week. So here's, here's your next step is I want to challenge you. Start your Monday in prayer for direction, just like Jesus. Then using your skills for others like Peter's mother-in-law. That, that's it. That's the next steps. Be, be like Jesus and how he started his Monday off in prayer. And then be like Peter's mother-in-law of how she used her skills. And because of her skills, other people began to know Jesus and were healed. So let's, let's each change our own city. It's a whole, the whole concept of the sermon series, change your city. So let's go ahead and pray. And then we're going to jump into some worship. Patty, can you pray for us? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it brings to our lives, God, and that um, it's, it's like a meal. Just it's sustaining and it's filling and it's just so good. So we thank you for that, Father. And we pray, um, come together as a church family, Lord, wherever we're at. And we just ask you, Father, that you would guide our steps, that as we are headed, clo- that, that we would use today to be fueled and filled by you, to get our um, hearts and our minds ready for our Mondays, and to carry on through the week, Lord. And so we come before you and ask you that you'd begin to reveal um, different skill sets, Lord, skills that maybe we left, you know, gathering dust, Father, would we be so ready to just pick them back up again? Um, Seeking first your wisdom and and you're okay to say, yes, this is what I want you to do and this is how you're going to do it. And would we go forward unafraid um, and and just fully knowing that we're, we're reaching your kingdom, Lord. We thank you because through all of that, you are faithful to your word in providing all that we need, whether it be um, material or emotional or spiritual or just all of it, Father. We thank you for your faithfulness. It's just so, uh, just in such awe over who you are, Father, and your love for us. Lord, would our hearts be pure, would our hands be clean as we come before you in worship right now, and would we just... um, embrace this sweet time we have in your presence, Lord. We thank you for meeting us here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship.
I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days, I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good Every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father, and I've known you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God in all my life. All my life you have been faithful 
so faithful, God, even in times when things are uncertain, when they're shaky, when we can't stand on solid ground, God, you're so faithful. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I thank God for that. And so many things change regularly in this world and in this county alone. You are constant, Father God, so constant, and we're so grateful for that. As we're ending the service here, I just want to remind us of the next steps that Pastor gave us. First of all, what a solid word. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor, for the solid word that you gave and, 
And Patty, the word that you gave right in, in the beginning there, she's, you're speaking right to all of us, at least to me. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one. But I feel like there were specific words that God was speaking to all of us. Um, so one of the things that pastor asked us is to examine our ourselves and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal some of those gifts and how we can pivot those gifts um, for the kingdom, but also for the world. So I would just challenge you to take some time, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And some of those gifts you may already know, they're just what we like to call tent making skills. So they're skills, things that you do with your hands, things that you do already do with your work. And ask the Holy Spirit to give you the guidance to pivot that thing for the kingdom to the best way possible. And I'm praying that God will just give you a myriad of opportunities and doors and windows to use those gifts this week. So God, would you just do that? Will you just open doors? Will you make opportunities and make it make us very aware of those opportunities that you're giving us this week to use the gifts that you've given us, not just for the kingdom, but also in this world so we can be a light in this world. In your darling son Jesus' name, amen. You guys be safe as you go. We're so glad that you came with us this week and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. All right.